0: Titans rallied to beat the 49ers 20-17 on a late field goal, and that means it's time for the Christmas Eve Pick'em Show. Hello again, everybody. It is Christmas Eve here on the Scheiß Podcast Pick'em Show. It's week 16. The Titans... They managed to get it done. We all picked the 49ers because the Niners had been playing better and the Titans had been stinking it up. But lo and behold, at home where the Titans were 5-2, and two, they found a way to get it done. A.J. Brown came back and delivered in his return. I think he had something like 16, 17 targets, bunch of catches, 10, 11, maybe a dozen catches, uh, 145 yards or so and a touchdown. I hesitated to pull the trigger on starting him in this game. And I finally did like right before game time, I put him in. And then that first quarter I was sad. I was like, Oh wow. The Titans are just going to come out here and try and run the ball and do nothing. And kind of right before the half, they threw him the ball like three, four times in a row and they got down the field. And I still think they didn't score. I think it was maybe 10, nothing at the half. Um, But the usage was better, and he ended the first half with, like, maybe five points because he was getting some yardage. Uh, And then the second half, the Titans came out. They went down the field. uh, They got into field goal range, kicked the field goal. And uh, on the ensuing possession, after their kickoff, Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception in their own uh within their own like red zone basically and the titans take over and tie the game from there right after that and it's 10 10 and they basically didn't look back after that uh, they got up 17 10 the niners end up tying it late and tennessee marched down the field and kicked the game winner uh and that was it so titans win and improve niners fall to eight and seven and that's not good for them uh not with the way the NFC playoff picture is shaping up. Titans got the 10 wins. Uh, they're 10 and 5. So, if, the, you know, they're in the race for the number one seed again. And having AJ Brown back certainly certainly was nice for them. The 49ers at 8 and 7 are going to have a rough road, but they're in decent position. It uh, looks like they're still technically within the bubble, they're not on the outside of the bubble. Um, And as I was breaking down this game, I did it really fast because, you know, it's the holidays and I didn't want to spend too much time on it. But as I was writing about this game, you know, I was in the middle of this other conversation about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady comparisons. And it got me thinking a lot about the importance of quarterback play and leadership and things like that. And... For this particular matchup, seeing how closely the teams were matched, I actually picked Tennessee to cover, although I picked the Niners to win. Tennessee was three and a half point underdog, so I took the Titans. They obviously covered because they won. Uh, I just figured the Niners were playing a little bit better and the Titans wouldn't be in rhythm. And they weren't until the second half, and then once they found their rhythm, the Niners had trouble with it. But in my breakdown for this game, I kept circling back to quarterback play, and that's ultimately what this game came down to. Uh, the Niners were up 7-0. Driving with the football to at least uh, make it 10-0. And it looked like they were probably going to score another touchdown on that drive. And Garoppolo throws a pick. So in a game that probably should have been 14-0. It stayed 7 nothing, And it just bought the Titans time. And the Niners eventually still made it 10-0. Uh, but that comes back to haunt them later when they're up 10-3 after the Tennessee score and Garoppolo throws another interception uh inside their dangerous territory and the Titans tie the game and don't look back. And this has always been the knock on Jimmy G is that in the big games he makes these kind of big mistakes and, you know, he's been playing, you know, mostly pretty well this season. He's on pace to have one of his better seasons, his probably his best season since the Super Bowl season in 2019. Um, which obviously there's not a ton of like data to compile on him because he's been hurt so much and he hasn't really started you know a full season very often but he's mostly played pretty well and you know we didn't get to watch as much of this game as I would have liked um so we were just kind of like following along as it was breaking down and listening to it on the radio uh, while we were driving so I don't want to like, you know, speak out of turn, I guess. But I, w- I said in the breakdown for this game, like it's gonna come down to quarterback play. The quarterback that doesn't make the mistakes is the team that's gonna win. And like Tannehill didn't look great at all, but he didn't have the costly mistake, two of them. And it's tough to win at this level, especially on the road, especially against a a good team, uh, in the Titans and. They found a way to get it done, which they've done many times this year, being undermanned Like, Julio Jones was still not 100%. Henry's still not out there. Uh, they just found a way to get A.J. involved. I I said the Niners' secondary was not at 100%, and they were going to have trouble dealing with A.J. Brown if he got enough targets, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, I, I even said Tennessee's, like, linebacker core was a little weak, and the Niners were going to run the ball on him pretty easily, and that's exactly what happened in the first half, so... It's basically exactly the game that I thought I was going to see, except for Tennessee won by three instead of losing by three. Um, but neither team is really decimated by that. Uh, obviously, Tennessee wins. They're a game, well, they're a half game back of Kansas City right now. If the Chiefs lose, Tennessee will take over that top spot for now. Um, and then if the Patriots end up beating the Bills the patriots i think would take over that top spot as well but if the chiefs win and get to 11 and 4 it's a moot point so uh okay well i got so many people in my family that are 49ers fans i feel bad that that's how that game went um cuz they had been playing really well uh but i'm also playing my stepdad in fantasy football in the second round of the playoffs And I needed a huge game from AJ Brown and I got it. He also had a huge game from Devo Samuel, who continues to climb the ranks. I mean, I think he was arguably my favorite player outside of my favorite teams for the last couple of years. But like really this season, like we're seeing it. There's a slant he caught in this game where he didn't score on it, but they hit him on a slant. Like he just put a little move on the defender, made the guy fall, caught the ball over the middle. And then like he went and looked for contact and hit the guy with a forearm and knocked him off, and just like kept working towards the goal line. Like you don't see receivers play like that. Um, so Debo's a special talent. Uh, he had like 200 all-purpose yards, which really he he gashed me late in the game with like a 56-yard catch. That you know up until then Garoppolo and Debo had mostly been held in check, but that last drive where they went down to tie it at 17, that got Jerry back in the contest um so we both had about as good of games out of our guys that played on Thursday as we could have hoped for Garoppolo could have played better obviously uh and produced a little bit more in terms of fantasy points but ultimately the win is what's important in that situation and the Niners are going to be facing this dilemma again in the offseason with Jimmy G I mean, we heard that guy call in the radio station last night. Like, they're paying him almost $25, $30 million a year, but they got a rookie who's making a tenth of that, who's making the same mistakes, but brings more like dynamic playmaking to the table. He's more of a Colin Kaepernick type playmaker uh, in Trey Lance. So, if the Niners don't make the playoffs, Jimmy's out of there for sure. If they do make the playoffs and they make a little run here towards the end, they'll have something to consider, but it is a big price tag for a guy who's been hurt a lot and who continues to underperform in the most important games so i feel bad for jimmy it's like it's just not not been the best shake for him but you know he's got 25 million dollars to wipe away his tears with so he'll be fine uh okay so anyway moving on what's the first game you got on deck for me
1: browns at packers
0: Browns at Packers. All right, well, the Packers should win that game. But at 11-3, they already clinched. Uh, They're a full game up in the race for the number one seed. They have the tiebreak over the other teams. So it is not the most important game for the Packers. uh, And it's going to be a huge game for the Browns. And we saw against the Ravens that the Packers, with a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter might just blow it and lose that game. Uh, but the Browns do not have the dynamic playmaking quarterback in Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley. So the odds of the Browns being able to come back in that situation are much less, uh, but they can keep it close. And if green Bay doesn't treat the game, like it's a must win, I could see Cleveland maybe sneaking that out. Um, What is the spread listed at? Where is it? Where is it? I know I had it. It's a Saturday game. Seven and a half Packers favored. Um, The thing is, like, they should cover, but the Browns need that game so much more than they do, and the Browns have a good defense, and they might be able to give Aaron Rodgers enough problems to make him consider maybe not trying so hard to win that game. I mean, the Packers are in good position to have home field throughout the playoffs. They're in the playoffs for sure. Is it worth Aaron Rodgers maybe taking a serious beating in that game in order to win when they don't need to and they need him in the playoffs? Yeah, I don't think so. So if Clowney and Garrett can come out there and just really like put the hurt on Rodgers in the first couple of possessions, they they might get Green Bay to pack it in and just, you know, walk away from that game. But the Packers should win. I'll probably end up taking Cleveland to cover in that one because they need it so badly. But if both teams play, like, their best game, if both teams, like, show their actual identity in that game, Green Bay does win by more than a touchdown, I think. All right, what's next?
1: It is Colts at Cardinals.
0: That's a good one. The Colts are all of a sudden a very scary power player in the NFL. The Cardinals uh, did not look good against Detroit. Like, obviously, I know the Cardinals aren't a bad team; they're better than they showed. But what we're seeing is like the DeAndre Hopkins factor. Like, when he's not there, that team is just not nearly as good as they are in the beginning of the season when he's there and they start seven, eight, no, whatever. Um, I think it was seven and zero, and now they're three and four since that. With Hopkins and Murray missing time. And Murray made a bunch of mistakes in the Detroit game. Didn't play well. Uh, Their defense got their ass kicked, which was surprising. So, the Cardinals are one-point favorites at home. Is that right? That doesn't seem right, but it might be. Yeah, Arizona's favored by one at home. I'm going to go Colts in that one. I think the Colts are rolling. And the the key in the game is jonathan taylor right they will go and that whole game will go as he goes uh and arizona they just got trounced on the ground by a detroit team that's nowhere near the kind of running team that indy is so as long as carson wentz doesn't come out here and make that critical error when they have the lead like he did in the new england game he almost blew it for them. Uh, because I mean, honestly, that's not even on him so much. Like he's barely, uh, out there with the ball. He's, I think he threw the ball a couple times in that game, but as they tried to feature him with the lead, instead of giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor, they just invited, uh, new England right back into that game and new England's well coached and they have a lot of good players and they got back in that game. And then Jonathan Taylor had to ice it with that 67 yard touchdown run. So. Carson Wentz just needs to be a passenger here. Don't make the mistake. Be a serviceable quarterback. You know? Understand what your team identity is. You don't need to throw the ball 40 times in this game. You don't need to throw it 30 times. I think he only completed five passes in the last game. But he was like five of 15 or something, so it wasn't pretty. Uh, But I'm going to go with the Colts. They are... Oh, they're the plus plus money on this. They're plus 100. Arizona's minus 120. I would definitely take the Colts. Uh, Arizona can win. They need to win. But at this point, from what I've seen from them lately, the Colts are going to go in there and ground and pound them. All right. What's next?
1: Lions at Falcons.
0: Ooh. Well, I have my eye on this game because I might need to grab Matt Ryan to play quarterback for me, depending on this COVID situation in fantasy football. Um, I don't like the Falcons being favored by 5.5 here. With the way the Lions have played lately and how many close games they had, it seems like 5.5 is a huge spread for a team that barely like averages 17 to 20 points a game. Uh, I'll definitely take the Lions to cover, and it looks like that spread is actually 6.5, so I'm definitely picking the Lions to cover 6.5. They play hard, like they haven't given up on the season. Excuse me. What I've actually liked from them the most is that they really play hard for their coach. They love their coach. The Lions, are they're moving in the right direction. Like, it's been a rough season, but they're going to be significantly better next year, I think. Uh, maybe not quite a playoff team, but I think you could see them over 500 or right around 500 in the hunt for a while. And, you know, credit to the Falcons. Arthur Smith has done a very good job with them. Uh, I just don't see how they're favored by six and a half at this point, unless there's a bunch of like injury and COVID stuff I just haven't seen, which is possible because it's the holiday. So I'm not really researching this too hard. I'm just going with my gut on this. So I will take Falcons to win a close one, but Lions to cover. What's next?
1: Ravens at Bengals Give me that one more Ravens at Bengals Thank you mm-hmm.
0: Important game division Is on the line Bengals took it from him When the Ravens decided to Bank Their wins and losses on Two point conversions in the last couple of games Lost them both uh, Whether or not that's The wrong decision to go for it there Is not what I'm going to get into today But the Ravens moved out of the way and let the Bengals take over the AFC North lead. So now they're playing in Cincinnati to try and get it back. They played in a very interesting game the first time. I think it was like 13-13 at the half. And then Cincinnati ended up like just absolutely blowing them out of the water in the second half. Or maybe it was 17-13, something like that. But since he ended up putting like 40 points on them in that game in the second half. So... The Bengals are well-equipped to deal with what the Ravens want to do. Lamar Jackson is not 100% that he's going to play. Um, So I picked up Tyler Huntley as a contingency plan, since my stepdad also has Lamar Jackson as his starter. Um, And now I see Huntley's listed as questionable, but his projection is 23.8, which (laughs) means Lamar is probably out. Uh So that being said, I like Huntley. Uh, He's shown in the games that he's played that he's very capable of moving the football. Uh, He's a good decision maker. He's just kind of small, so it's like it's not easy to see over the line. Uh, But his mobility uh, and his willingness to just kind of like take those chunk runs, he makes them a threat. Uh, It's a a tough game to call. I'm going to say... I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to take the Ravens at plus 145, I think. They're three-point underdogs. It's just, of of all the games where it's like, hey, there's live underdogs and dead underdogs, I would say that they're a pretty live underdog here. Um, But I do like seeing that it looks like Huntley's going to play, although he's out Friday with an illness, which isn't great. But my quarterback position is so crappy that... (laughs) I banked on Huntley potentially playing for Lamar, so it's a little double-edged sword. And Garoppolo only put up 16, so I think Huntley can get there. The the upside of his rushing potential is too good, I think, to pass up. Um, And he's kind of a wild card. Like you plan for Jackson, uh, and Huntley like still keeps a lot of the same kind of gameplays in plan. Uh, Sorry, a lot of the same game plan in play. Because he's similarly mobile, but I think he goes through his reads progressions a little bit better. Um, I think Lamar is like just like a bigger, more physical athlete. He's got a little bit more like ultimate arm strength, but there's throws that he has trouble making. Uh, and there's throws that he doesn't have trouble making. So they don't lose as much by going to Huntley as you would think. And some team is going to snag him. Uh, Because he's shown that he's very capable of leading this Ravens offense. And he did last year when Lamar was hurt, too. I was like, this kid's really good. Like, he's barely ever going to play. But in the moments that he had to play, I liked what I saw from him. Uh, Because he's got it between the ears where it matters. So, I don't know. Cincinnati can definitely win that game. But they also have not looked great lately. They just eked out a a 15-10 win over Denver last week. 15 points will not get it done against this Ravens team. They find a way to scratch and claw and keep themselves in every game. And they're going to be in it at the very end. So I could see them taking the division back in a head-to-head matchup. Uh, Should be a good one, though. It's going to be one of the better games this week. What's next?
1: Rams at Vikings.
0: Ooh, Rams, three and a half point favorites at the Vikings. Cook is out, yes or no?
1: Cook is out.
0: All right, so no Cook, maybe no Thielen. I'm surprised to see the Rams' is only three and a half point favorites in this game. Uh, yeah, I got to side with the Rams. With Justin Jefferson, Jalen Ramsey's going to be really interesting to watch but with the Rams defensive front should be too much Uh, so even if they don't score that much they should be able to disrupt Cousins and if Cook doesn't play that's a huge weapon off the table for them if Thielen does play like maybe that helps a little bit but the Rams are typically better in pass defense anyway uh it's gonna be on Kirk Cousins it's gonna have to have a monster game to keep them in it no mistakes uh Don't take any bad sacks, which is tough with Aaron Donald breathing down your neck. So I'll take the Rams to cover the three and a half. Although the Vikings are always good at keeping games close and winning the kind of games they're not supposed to. And this is definitely a game that they're not supposed to win. But they're competitive and they're definitely not bad. But I will still take the Rams for now until I do further research, which for anyone listening to the show, I'm sorry. I never do the research before I get in here and hop in the booth. I don't have time to do it before the show. This is all just gut instinct stuff and what I know about the teams themselves. And that's maybe why I haven't had the greatest year in the pick 'em. But I'm doing okay. I'm only two back of the lead now. Last week was good. I had the best week. Won the weekly again, thank God. Uh, and we're moving forward. So it's everything I want is still ahead of me. So what's next?
1: Bills at Patriots.
0: Ooh. Just finding out that Gabriel Davis and who is it? Beasley. Well, Beasley, yeah, and who else? Ford? Mm. Cody? Yeah, some other lineman. Maybe Dawkins. There was another I think it's maybe Cody Ford. Um on the, the COVID list? Yeah. So the Bills lost uh an O-lineman uh to the COVID list. And Gabriel Davis who has stepped up big with Sanders being injured as well is on the COVID list. Uh, yeah, it is Cody Ford. So that means it's Diggs. hopefully Sanders, uh, Isaiah McKenzie should have a nice role in this offense. And then, you know, Dawson Knox is going to have to play big because everyone is, everybody wants Jake Kummerow who they call him touchdown. Jesus, uh, They want him to step up and have a big game here. And he might. He really only comes in in those situations where it's like he's going to (laughs) catch one ball for 20 yards. It's going to be a touchdown. Um, So the things I've been seeing is like who's going to save the Bills Christmas? The only one man can do it, and that's touchdown Jesus. So Kumaro may haul in a touchdown in this game. But to me, I'm looking at Knox, Diggs, Sanders. Got to try and get Singletary to have a good game. Looks like Moss is going to be active for this one again. Ooh, Tywan Jones is active too. So the Bills are going very heavy running back in this with Gabriel Davis out. But it looks like, oh, Cody Ford's out, John Feliciano's out, and Deion Dawkins is out. So the Bills have no offensive line in this game. So why they're loading up on running backs is beyond me. But I guess they're going to try and run like a six-wide set and <laughs> just line up three, line up the, let's see, two healthy linemen you have. All right, so Spencer Brown, Bodiger. All right, so they have some guys that like have reasonable experience but their offensive line is super thin patriots are gonna put a ton of pressure on josh allen it's gonna be up to the defense and just getting the ball out of josh's hands really really quickly because he's gonna have no time to throw back there he already has no time and now this is deep doo-doo territory so can the bills beat the patriots under those circumstances it's asking a lot um But it ain't over till it's over. And if Brian Dable can come up with the right kind of game plan for this situation, you know, maybe they're going to run some full house packages with like three running backs, put two guys in the backfield, keep them in to chip block, and then get that ball out of there, throw it sideways, get the ball in space. Like, you know, there's game plans that you can run here. But, you know, I think maybe running the ball and having anything more than a three-step drop in this game seems like... Uh, it's a bad idea. But all the Patriots running backs are questionable. Kendrick Bourne's out in this game. Aguilar and Slater and uh, Nikhil Harry, all questionable as well. Uh, But this is kind of the way of the Patriots. Like If you ever read their injury report on a regular basis, there's like 20 guys on it. (laughs) And I think it's just Belichick, like the way he likes to... Play mind games in general. He's like, I'm gonna put all these guys questionable that way. You never know like who's really gonna be in the game to game plan for. Um, That's shady. It is, but he's Bill Belichick. That's smart. Uh huh. Yeah. This will finds every way under the sun to cheat. Uh. You know, whether it's Deflate Gate, whether it's sign stealing. You know, he's the kind of guy to like let one of his coaches go find a job somewhere else, only to have them spy on that team, ultimately, and keep them on payroll. That's probably the real, like, most clandestine Belichick move of all time.
1: Does he do that regularly?
0: No. There's no evidence that he actually does that. But I wouldn't put it past them. He wants to win at all costs. You saw what they did this offseason after not making the playoffs last year without Brady, they went and just spent a ton of money on every position they could get their hands on. And they're like, "No, nah, we're rebuilding this team because we're going to the playoffs and I want a shot at beating Tom in the Super Bowl." And I'm sure the NFL wants that, and we've seen certain games get officiated certain ways to lean into that narrative, so but since then, we've also seen both of those teams lose and get their asses kicked in the process. So uh Whatever. Screw the Patriots. Go Bills. Uh, It's going to be a tough one. Major uh, uphill battle there. What's next?
1: Uh, Jags at Jets.
0: Ooh, who gets to be last place? Jets have three wins. Jags got two. I thought it would be good for the Jags to get rid of Urban Meyer and just move on from that madness. But it seems like that... uh, Nothing's changed. And... I don't know. The Jets have hung in there and they continue to play tough and they almost beat the Dolphins last week. So I think I got to go with the Jets. They're one and a half point favorites at home. So not ideal to have to pick the Jets in any game. That's a coin toss, though. It was a pick em. the spread moved to one and a half. So that tells me something has changed personnel wise or the money is coming in on the Jets. But uh if you're really, like, a gambling person, just don't bet on that game. <laughs> just stay away from that one. All right, what's next?
1: Um, Giants and Eagles.
0: That should be a good one, because the last time these two teams played, the Giants beat them. I think it was in the Meadowlands. And Eagles didn't look good. Uh, and that was the game that Sanders re-injured his leg. The Eagles are favored by 10 here. Um... I know the Giants are like decimated by all kinds of injury at this point and I don't think Daniel Jones is playing and I think Tony is out as well or he's questionable. So let's see, Barkley questionable, Tony questionable, Thomas questionable, no John Ross, uh Daniel Jones on IR, so Jake Fromm is getting the start. That's why it's ten points. Uh their defense is good. It's just like it seems like they aren't interested in winning. They're just trying to get the season over with and move on to the next one so Eagles need this game I'll take the Eagles and uh, hopefully they win by 10 because I got some Eagles players in fantasy that I could use some big games out of so let's go Eagles. what's next
1: Bucks at Panthers
0: well Bucks definitely need a bounce back game and Panthers aren't playing too well right now they typically keep themselves in it early and then once they burn all their tricks to score that first touchdown it's tough sledding for them. Uh, but you get Cam Newton against Tom Brady. There'll be some interesting moments. Division rivalry game. They know each other well. Stefan Gilmore against Tom Brady, ex-teammates in New England. Uh, and that was the move that Belichick traded Gilmore to Carolina specifically for this matchup. Uh, so that's the one to watch, but I don't see any reason why Tampa doesn't win this game. They're a little, like, undermanned personnel-wise, but Tom Brady's going to find a way to win this game. I would prefer they lose, but I don't see it. Especially after getting shut out. Tom Brady's in that film room cracking the whip on everybody.
1: Yeah. Comeback game, for sure.
0: Yeah. So I imagine a lot of Ronald (laughs) Jones running downhill on the Panthers. I imagine Buck's defense really getting after Cam and forcing some turnovers uh so it's not gonna be the kind of like 30 point sexy offensive game for the bucks i don't think with all the injuries they have but they're gonna find a way to get it done what's next chargers at texans Uh, chargers i hope the texans give them a game the texans are pesky they're weird davis mills now that he's like starting full-time and has the job like they looked okay last week uh Again, I think they played the Jaguars last week, so it's not the best litmus test, but, uh, Chargers, I mean, if the Chargers are who they think they are, they got to win that game. If the Texans beat them and the Chargers end up missing the playoffs because of their decision making in that Chiefs game, uh, what was it on Thursday night? Oh, man, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for them. So they definitely should beat the Texans. But if Eckler and some of their issues, uh, with personnel come to the surface let me take a peek at their uh listed depth chart here Eckler's out Guyton's out Roberts is out Corey Lindsey's out at center is out uh they should still have enough to win this game uh and hopefully Mike Williams is the guy who benefits from it the most Because I need everything I can get in fantasy right now. Not having Bosa out there is going to suck. Derwin James is still questionable as well. (laughs) They're pretty thin in the linebacker and secondary right now. So, again, better team just has to find a way to win against a lesser team. But they are still young, first year head coach. Like, this isn't, you know, Tom Brady and Bruce Arians undermanned. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Texans give him a game here. Cause the Texans don't have much to play for other than messing up other teams playoff destiny, so <laughs> uh and a loss for the Chargers helps the Bills. So yeah, let's go Texans, but I'll pick the Chargers. What's next?
1: I can't believe you just said go Texans.
0: I know. It I know even with sounds our, wrong. I know. And Tyrod's <laughs> not even quarterbacking them. He lost his job to a rookie again. This is, wasn't there like a movie or something where there was the character who all the girls date and then they date him and then they get married after that? That's Tyrod Taylor.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Wherever Probably. he goes, Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback in Buffalo before Josh Allen came. He was the quarterback in Cleveland before Baker Mayfield came. He was the quarterback in LA before Justin Herbert came. And now he is the quarterback in the Texans before Davis Mills took over. And it's all rookies. So he's the guy that you need to sign to your team if you want to find your franchise quarterback. At least That's for sad. the at least for the foreseeable future. It is sad, but it means he's going to have work. So any team that needs mm. to find their franchise quarterback in the next couple of years, give Tyrod Taylor a call. Pay him well for his services. He'll start the first half of the season for you. You guys will be okay, but playoffs will be out of the question. And then you move on to whatever rookie you have. And that guy gets to learn from Tyrod and that guy's going to be your franchise. So
1: it's one way to look at it.
0: It is. Uh, So sorry, T2, but I hope you get to keep playing. I will always cheer for Tyrod Taylor. So what's next?
1: Uh, Bears at Hawks.
0: Bears at Hawks. Seattle's highly favored in this game, more so than I think they should be. But uh, where is that? Yeah, six and a half is a ton for a Seattle team that really offensively doesn't score that much. I think you're just looking at the Bears also having offensive troubles and Seattle's defense being good. Uh, I think I picked the Bears to cover a similar spread last week, and they lost by what, eight when I picked six? And I know that the closing line was around seven and a half. So that's a bummer. Um, I don't know. Seattle's playoff hopes are over at this point. Uh, The Bears are definitely over. So I don't know what we're hoping to see here. Fields is questionable. Dalton's out. Macy, Nick Foles, Allen Robinson's out. Jason Peters is out. Keem Hicks is back to being out. Goldman's questionable. All right, I'll take the Hawks. Bears have too many injuries at too many positions. Seattle should be getting Tyler Lockett back. Uh, should be getting Collins. Yeah, Seahawks aren't at a hundred percent either at all. But uh, you know, I'll take Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll over Matt Nagy and a rookie Justin Fields. But maybe the Bears cover that six and a half. Okay, what's next?
1: Steelers at Chiefs.
0: Man, I want the Steelers to win this game, but they just used up their win last week, so they're gonna they're gonna lose to the Chiefs. Uh, but the Chiefs should have lost to the Chargers, so I think there's some vulnerabilities that can be exploited. You can run on the Chiefs for sure, but throwing against them is a lot harder. Uh, so that's gonna be a, definitely like a personnel type of game because the Chiefs are, you know, they're out in front right now. They don't really need to win but they've what won seven in a row uh Chiefs? yeah oh tyree kills out kelsey's out uh, they're in deep shit then alright go Steelers. they're missing kyle long lucas niang on the o-line kelsey's out hill's out uh they, two of their secondary players that aren't starters are out but they have no depth uh, because of
1: injury or covid
0: i'm guessing covid because it didn't look like they got hurt in the last game, so. Uh yeah. They're top two. Uh they only have one tight end going into this. Kelsey's out, Blake Bell's out, so they have Noah Gray. Third stringer. Mike Remmers is out here, so. They're super thin on the offensive line as well. Alright, well. Steelers, this is your opportunity to win a second game in a row and to seize control of your destiny in the division. You got two other teams in the division playing for the front of it, and this is a good opportunity for them to sneak back in there with a win. Oh, Friar Mute is out though, so it's going to be on Claypool, Johnson, and Harris. But no Wormley, no Bugs, no Devin Bush. So the Steelers' defense is a little thin as well. Damn, they're really thin at linebacker. Uh, And they're thin at defensive line as well. I don't know. Hill and Kelsey are so much the DNA of the Chiefs that without them, I don't know that they operate even remotely the same. So this is one of those games where I will pick the Steelers and they will lose because they used their win last week and the week before I had picked them to win and they lost. And then I was like, okay, well, that, they're every other game, so now I'll pick them to win. They won, which means they're on pace to lose. But they have a golden opportunity <coughs> here. Uh, let me double-check the spread in that game. Where is it? Oh, Chiefs by 8.5? Yeah, I'll take Pittsburgh to cover 8.5 for sure. If you can get money on that, That's a good one. Because uh, at least the Steelers like have most of their offensive weapons still, and they've shown you that they can occasionally score over 30 points like it's there it's just not always uh, fluid for them alright what's next
1: Uh, Broncos at Raiders
0: ooh that's a pick both teams minus 110 over under of 41 at Raiders I'm gonna take the over on 41 Raiders coming off a big road win in Cleveland Broncos coming off a home loss I think both of these teams combined for like 27 points or something last week so Neither of them is really blowing the doors off, but you're going inside in the the Death Star in Vegas Waller's questionable, so he might actually come back and play Raiders a little thin in the secondary which With the kind of receiving core that the Broncos have is probably good news for the Broncos um, But Teddy two gloves is out Sad to see him get hurt again uh, Gordon, Javante are both questionable. They're really beat up too. Uh, I'll take the Raiders at home. Drew Locke looks good until he makes all those mistakes. He's got a good arm. He just he hasn't seemed to like learn the position at the NFL level well yet. But he's shown like flashes of being good, and then it dissolves really quickly. Uh, but if he can play well. The Raiders secondary is chewed up, and you got Judy and Sutton and Patrick and Fant. Like, there's going to be opportunities. It's a coin toss, so flip it. We'll go heads. Heads with the Raiders. What's next?
1: Uh, Washington at Cowboys.
0: Ooh, that's a Cowboys favored by 10. So some money's coming on Washington. I wonder if Washington is still, like, reeling with covid because they were last week but they still hung around
1: well now they have drama
0: yeah uh another one of their players involved in a fatal car accident seems to go around in this league for some reason but Mm -hmm. so well he's out for those reasons landon collins who's probably their best linebacker is out uh they're missing Willie Jackson in the secondary. He's out. Two offensive linemen out. Gibson questionable. Heineke's back. Yeah, Cowboys win it. Do they win by 10? I don't know, because Washington, their defense has been playing better, but they're they're a little beat up in the defensive end. Uh, over under 47, I'll take. Let's see. They combined for 47 last time they played. Dallas won on the road. As long as Dallas is healthy, they should be fine. Um... But that is the ultimate question. Let's see. I'm gonna hear all this clicking in the background as I do this live. Uh, so yeah, the Cowboys are in much better shape personnel-wise. I gotta go with the Cowboys. Should be. It's a division game though. I don't think they win by ten. We'll see. They might. That defense for Washington being beat up doesn't help them. But at least Washington, like, scheme-wise knows what they want to do. So they're just going to have to have their backup players kind of do that. Uh, Cowboys, though. Okay, what's next? Last game, Monday night?
1: Dolphins at Saints.
0: Dolphins at the Saints. This was going to be an interesting game. And I'm surprised to see New Orleans at plus 115 and only two and a half point underdogs here. I mean, they're at home, but... No Taysom Hill. They're not going to play Trevor Simeon. They're going to go with some rookie kid uh, in a huge game, which I don't understand unless Simeon is just out. So it's Ian Book at quarterback. So if I'm Sean Payton, it's like, all right, Alvin Kamara, you're playing quarterback. We're going to direct snap, run it to you, and you and Ingram are going to run like a college system. You got Ty Montgomery too. Oh, this is a terrible situation for the Saints. No Malcolm Jenkins either. Marcus Davenport's questionable. They're a little thin on defense. Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchick might play, which could help their running game. Troutman's still out. Juwan Johnson's out, so they got one tight end. Deonta Harris is suspended for what? I don't know. Is that new? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm not going to dig into it right now in the interest of saving time. Okay but looks like michael thomas is not on ir anymore he's just out uh so hopefully this kid ian book is decent but the the word on him has not been great in terms of accuracy so far but you do need someone to turn around and hand the ball off to your running back so got to get somebody in there and uh, at 7 and 7 like this is a tough game for them they are home but i got to favor Miami, unless Miami has had some sort of catastrophic COVID issue as well, which is not out of the question at this point, uh, but it looks like they're mostly healthy. They're a little thin in all the secondary layers, so they don't have much depth if there's an injury, but looks like most of their guys are in place here. Uh, and even if like two of us to get hurt, I think Jacoby Brissett could still probably get this team... Over the hump. Duke Johnson had a big game with Philip Lindsay being out last week. Looks like Waddle play. Devontae's there. Albert Wilson, Preston Williams. So, yeah, looks like Miami should win this game on Monday night. And that's it. There's two games on Christmas. So, if you like football and you like Christmas, it's going to be a nice doubleheader there. (laughs) What do you need fantasy-wise now?
1: I need everything because COVID well, got it, me. Yeah,
0: speak it into existence,
1: then. I need my players to play as projected and not underperform like they usually do.
0: Well, which players? All of them. <laughs> how about how about you give us one that you need in a matchup that you're <clears throat> questioning?
1: Um. I'd say McLaurin
0: scary terry well he's got heineke back
1: he always makes me scared because he's inconsistent yeah well not that he's inconsistent but the weeks that he doesn't do much are like big zeros
0: yeah i think the problem is that the identity of washington when they went on their little four game win streak it shifted to defense run the ball like power football which that's not throwing the ball to McLaurin. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you still probably have to play him. Like, I have digs in a tough situation against New England, but what am I going to do? Not play my best receiver, who's one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, Deontay Johnson against Kansas City is not ideal either, uh, but I do have Mike Williams holstered against Houston, who I could flex in there. Devontae Freeman against Cincinnati, maybe, but then do I run the risk of two Baltimore players or... Do I just let Huntley do the scoring for me? Hopefully. My quarterback situation's screwed because I had Taysom Hill and I got Russell Wilson against Chicago. But Chicago has a good defense, you know? They typically don't get beat up that bad. And Seattle's offense hasn't been good enough to where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm confident Russ is going to come out here and throw for 250 and two touchdowns.
1: Yeah. I'd also like to have Thielen back, but he's been questionable for an extended period of time. And I don't even know if him coming back would hurt or help me because of the injury.
0: Yeah. I got Miles Sanders, who didn't practice but has no injury designation. And last time he played the Giants, he went for over 100, but he re-injured his ankle. So he played really well last week. I don't think I can rely on him on Goddard to both, like, put up 15 again. Uh You know, that's asking a lot. So I've got some decisions to make still. I don't have anybody on the Packers or the Browns. And what was that other Saturday game? Let me scroll it back here. Colts Cardinals. All right. So Jonathan Taylor, obviously fire him up because I have to. He's Jonathan Taylor.
1: Yeah. He's my MVP. Yeah. And I'm heartbroken. I don't have Eckler this week.
0: Yeah, that's a killer.
1: Davis. I have three people on the COVID list and then three others that are questionable, so... I mean, there's
0: definitely still time for my jabronis to end up on the COVID list as well, so I feel your pain. Notes. (laughs) I'm allowed to take notes. Yes,
1: you are. All right.
0: Well, it's Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas Eve.
0: It is Christmas Eve, so... Happy holidays, whichever holidays you're celebrating, I'm debating whether or not, should I bust out the Christmas song? I don't have music for it because I'm not a music producer, but we have lyrics for it.
1: Which Christmas song? My
0: Christmas song. Oh,
1: I think you should.
0: Yeah? I can maybe dig through some music that I have in the my music folder that it's licensed music that I can actually use and see if something fits it, but nothing's very Christmassy, but...
1: So just take it away.
0: Just take it away? What, take the music away?
1: No, you.
0: Take it away as in sing? Yeah. All
1: right. Are you going to do it right now? Yeah, might as well. Okay, go. I sing it all the time. I know, do it.
0: All right. So you got to imagine some music. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just play some music on whatever device you're listening to this. Yeah, it on. definitely
0: I need to collaborate with my sister who is a pianist. Pianist. Uh-huh. Not a penis. <laughs> and have her actually like write the piano music for this, so whatever, maybe one day. Maybe we'll actually use our skills together one day. You should. But I do have a studio with microphones and inputs where we can record with a keyboard, so... So you should. Yeah, definitely should. All right. Over here and over there and on the ground, there's a little bear because it's Christmas. Yeah, you know that it's Christmas time. She says, Mama Kristen and my daddy, don't you know that they make me happy on Christmas? Don't you know that it's Christmas time There's presents under the tree Maybe one or two are for me I get to see my family because it's Christmas Yeah you know that it's Christmas Don't you know that it's Christmas time Holiday spirit is in the air And on the couch next to me there's a little bear She's living without a care because it's Christmas That little bear she's really a dog And on the TV, there's a burning log. So grab a glass of eggnog because it's Christmas. Yeah, you know that it's Christmas. Don't you know that it's Christmas time? Yeah, you know that it's Christmas. Don't you know that it's Christmas time?
1: (laughs) Yay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
0: And happy football Saturday, Sunday, Monday, possibly Tuesday. Oh, God, COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Be safe, everybody. Uh...
1: Happy holidays. Happy
0: holidays. Get tested. Get masked. Just look out for your loved ones, especially during the holidays with all the new variants of COVID going around. So be safe. All right, everybody. It's been real. It's been a short episode. May your fantasy matches be blessed if you've been lucky to make it this far into the fantasy playoffs. Kristen and I are one game away from finally playing each other in the championship game. So we both got to win our matchups, and then all of the prize money ends up in this household. So (laughs) it's been what I've been aiming for for quite a while now.
1: This is my fourth year or fifth year? Fourth year. Yeah, something
0: like that. Yeah. You're trying to get back to the championship for the third year. Mm Mm-hmm. I know you've only not played in the championship once.
1: No, I played in the championship every year, but I lost in the first round last year.
0: So that's not the championship. Oh, the
1: final championship playoffs. Yeah. I'm thinking playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yes, you're
0: trying to get back to the championship game for the third time. Correct. You're trying to be the Buffalo Bills. Yes. Of our fantasy football league. Where you yeah. go to the championship and lose year after year after year. Rude, but yes. Hey, that hurts me <laughs> more than it hurts you, okay? I don't know but about
1: that. I'm competitive.
0: You're competitive. Yeah, I know. And you're good at it, so. Thank you. All right. And, uh, you know. If you're cheering for your team this weekend, good luck to most of you. But if you're cheering for the Patriots, not this week. (laughs) We're not friends this week. (laughs) I don't hate all Patriots fans. I know some Patriots fans that are good people. Uh, Kid at the coffee shop. Good kid. Shout him out with a go Pats, go Bills. See you in a couple weeks. That week is this week. So Hopefully the Bills win so when I face him I don't have to go in there 0-2. And be like, yeah, what's up? Go Bills. We <laughs> suck. <laughs> nah, go Bills. We're good. Uh, injury issues aside.
1: COVID aside.
0: COVID aside. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I may re record that song depending on how bad the quality is, but.
1: <laughs> no, you better uh, leave it. Well, yeah, I'm just. Gonna, yeah. It's, uh, no edits. Uh,
0: We'll see. I got to listen to it back and see how it sounds. Okay. Because this is calibrated for me speaking, not me singing. So it may actually just sound really shitty in general sound quality wise. Oh, okay. So plus I got to chop in some music in there possibly. So I do have to listen to it back. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the week 16 Pick'em Show. Merry Christmas. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way, too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com, and you can contact me at info at or at Scheiss podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills!